look north, look way north, nearly 40% of Canada's landmass is considered Arctic and northern, consisting, of course, of the Northwest Territories, Nunavut, Yukon, northern parts of several provinces. Do you know how many people live in Canada's Arctic? Do you, do, would you Guess. Just go ahead, guess. It's about 150,000 people, more than half of those indigenous. And although the area is absolutely vast, it is less than 1% of our population living there. Now, what is going on in Ukraine has suddenly taken Canada's attention and turned it back north. And concerns about what Russia's intentions and other countries' intentions might be in the north. Our defense minister, who plans to visit the Arctic in the next few months, has said recently, quote, uh, that it believes that although the threat of invasion of Arctic is low at the current time, the threat level could change. We must be ready for any possible scenario. That is the Minister of Defense of this country to talk more about what's going on in the North and how the situation in Ukraine has really changed how we're thinking about it. I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Christian Luprecht, security expert, professor at the Royal Military College, and has a forthcoming book on this very issue called Polar Cousins, Comparative Perspectives on Antarctic and Arctic Geostrategic Futures. Welcome back to the program. Good afternoon, Alan. Always a pleasure. Now, I, I, I guess you're probably not, since you've got a book coming already, um, I, I, are you surprised that all of a sudden now Canada's like, oh, oh, hold on, we better take a better look at what's going on in our defense in the North? Well, this has been a long-standing issue, and of course, Canada has important sovereignty claims, many of which are not recognized by other members of the international community. And of course, the North is, has long been an important part of the Canadian identity. What I think has changed here is the political and the public awareness about the North and the issues that experts have been raising for the better part of 20 years, now actually getting the attention they deserve, because in a democratic society, we want to have democratic debates um, on what our interests are in the North and how these interests should be asserted, what sort of investments we should be making, and what this looks like in the context of a broader geostrategic environment uh, where issues around the North have really changed. The North used to be sort of an afterthought, whereas uh, both poles, the Antarctic as well as the Arctic, are now um, areas of contestation uh, by rival powers. And now we, with climate change, we have new sea lanes opening. We have the opportunity, perhaps, for untapped oil and other resource extractions in those areas. How would you characterize Canada's defense of the areas that we claim as our sovereign territory? So Canada being the second largest country in the world with this massive uh, coastline, um, and yet a relatively modest-sized economy and population means it is always going to have to make trade-offs and prudent decisions on how it optimizes uh, its investments um, in defense. And when you're talking about the Arctic, you can factor that any, uh, in, any investment you make, anything you do in the North is about 10 times as expensive as it would be in the South. So this is not just about... Uh, what equipment we might want to buy. So, for instance, and not just the debate about the Arctic offshore patrol ships, uh, the Canadian surface combatants that the government has uh, commissioned in this building, but also, for instance, submarines, what type of submarines 
nuclear fusion submarines um, because the ones that we currently have, the used ones we bought for the, from the UK for a not particularly good deal are coming to the end of their lifetime. Um, and government's always uh, reticent to even broach these types of issues. Uh, what are the infrastructure investments that we need to make? But there's also significant spin-offs. There's spin-offs in terms of development for the North. Uh, there's spin-offs for Northern communities who are an important partner in any venture uh, in the North. And it's interesting enough an area of cooperation with the United States, but it's also an area of contestation with the United States because, of course, in some areas we have competing uh, competing claims. And so Canada needs to think about uh, what its interests are and uh, how it is going to assert those interests. Uh, how, who would you say, which country is our greatest competitor in the North? Well, undoubtedly, well, so undoubtedly, traditionally, of course, uh, Russia, because it is an Arctic uh, neighbor um, and uh, through the Arctic Council, Canada has regular opportunities to engage with all the countries that are adjacent to the north. It is also an area where, of course, Canada borders um, eight other countries, so it's geostrategically very different from any of the other borders that Canada has, because we commonly only think about our border with with the uh, with the United States. And so we're used to the Russian rivalry, but the Russians, of course, have significantly uh, upgraded their capabilities, militarized some parts uh, of the Arctic, and clearly um, uh, asserted themselves much more robustly and much more forcefully. But the newcomer in the Arctic is also China. China that under claims of conducting research um, that is very actively probing the ability to uh, engage in resource extraction in the Arctic. And this is interestingly an area where all the Arctic neighboring countries, including Russia, agree that they prefer to not have China in the neighborhoods. And there are some disputing claims about what China claims to be doing in the Arctic and what its ultimate aims and intentions and actual activities there are. There's also the uh, militarization of the Arctic in both uh, unmanned underwater vehicles, especially by Russia, uh, that pose a significant security threat because uh, they offer Russian opportunity to launch much closer to the North American coastline. Uh, and of course, the detection capabilities for, for instance, hypersonic cruise missiles and other um, aerial vehicles that Russia now has uh, that would be flying over the Arctic before they might hit targets uh, in the United States or Canada. And so it's not just about the territory of the Arctic, it's about the maritime domain, it's about the submaritime domain, it's about uh, the air domain as well as the aerospace domain. So all these domains in the Arctic are now in contention. Has that all changed because of the, re, uh, the realignment of the geopolitical order because of the invasion of Ukraine? The invasion of Ukraine, I think, is helping to focus the mind uh, that ultimately security issues are now back front and center, which they haven't been for Canadian governments really in 20 years. And Canadian governments federally have really depleted, uh, of, of both political stripes, has really depleted our ability, our capabilities. Um, and while we've signaled commitments, those commitments have been uh, very slow in coming and have not always delivered on time, on capability, let alone on budget. And so it's an opportunity for Canada to think about what those capabilities are. I mean, if you think about this from a strategic perspective, um, there's sort of three key defense theaters for Canada. There's the transatlantic and European theater. 
there's the theatre in the north and the Arctic, and then there's the Asia-Pacific theatre. And we simply don't have enough defence investment to be a contender in all of those. And the Asia-Pacific is probably, in defence terms, the area where Canada has the least at stakes and, and, is, and has the least opportunity to be a player, whereas, of course, the north directly affects our own sovereignty, our own security, our own prosperity, and our own democracy, as does the fate of our allies and partners in Europe. And so inherently, Canadian governments are now finally realizing that they need to turn their attention not just to Europe and to expeditionary capabilities, but that Canadian defense, as well as continental defense, um, are equally first and foremost priorities in light of the very rapidly changing security environment in Europe. Christian, it's fascinating stuff. I appreciate your time again today, as always. It's my pleasure, Alan. Thanks for the conversation. Christian Luprecht is a security expert and a professor at the Royal Military College. Look for his forthcoming book, Polar Cousins, a look at comparative perspectives on Antarctic and Arctic geostrategic futures.